chapter number 2 in our Bibles tonight, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Wasn't it cute seeing those young folks play there? I was thinking about how fast time goes. Now I was looking at Anya, looking at them, and I remember Anya, remember Anya? I have a picture in my office of Anya and Jay. They first came to church, you see, Melissa's holding Jay. Look, Jay. I got it down there. I'll see it. It's down there. Time goes quick. I'm telling you that. I think it was fast. I'll tell you, there are some messages when you look at the, um, the next verse in your series and you think concerning the topic you're supposed to preach on, you think, boy, am I so unqualified to preach on this topic. Tonight, uh, we're going to look at a few verses as we continue our study on the book of uh, Thessalonians, and we're really going to talk about persecution. Have you ever faced persecution? This afternoon, I thought, boy, have I faced persecution. I thought of um, growing up in the city, and uh, at Christmas time, we would put our lights, my dad would put the lights on the outside of the house, at the very top of the roof, he would put a cross, and nobody could get to the cross. But almost every year, until he moved the lights inside, when we went to Christmas Eve service, we'd come back and there'd be a bunch of light bulbs smashed. I thought, well, I don't know if that's really persecution. We had some hockey goals stolen from our backyard. Ah, that's not really, you know. Uh, we would play bottle caps. I told you about that. We'd put our little board out in the street and, you know, shoot the bottle caps. And in the middle of our board, it was box. That's what my mom told us to put. And the neighbors, they had hell in their box. We weren't allowed to put it. But sometimes we'd look at our box and it would be kind of messed up. You know, they would do a job on our little, ah, it wasn't really persecution. I was punched once in the stomach. But I don't think that was because of Jesus. I think this guy wanted me to unlock my bicycle. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. So my brother was hit once by a guy who was drunk. I think just because he was drunk and he got hit in the head. And, and uh, I don't think that was... We were chased by a hammer once. Any of you want to move to the city? No. Um, but that was because this guy came out of a bar, and there was a whole bunch of us. I mean, when I think back at that story, we could have taken him, all of us, pretty easily, but we just ran, you know. That's a good thing to do. Um, the church that we were in in Philly, I remember going there one day, and there was eggs all over the front doors, you know, and it had been egged. It's uh, probably not... You know, when I, when I rack my brain and try to think, uh, the church in Indianapolis, somebody broke in and fire extinguisher in the whole church auditorium. That's a mess to clean up. But, um, I don't know. You ever been yelled at? You ever been yelled at on someone? You know, I think I was with Steve one time. Maybe somebody I was with down in one of his apartments, and this lady came out and started yelling at us, and we went over and tried to, you know, but, you know. Get all, I, one guy said, you're going to take all these tracks, you're going to take all these pamphlets off all these houses. And I said, in a nice way, no we're not. <laughs> we're happy to leave. My persecution, you know, when I think about me, and when I try to dig deep, I don't know that I really know what persecution is compared to the Bible characters in the Word of God. And I kind of restructured this message tonight to kind of give you my burden at the end. I'm going to give it to you at the beginning too. Are we really willing to suffer persecution? 
Are we really willing to do so? And it's easy to say, yes, oh yeah, I'm willing, I'll die for the Lord. And when small little things happen, our mouths sometimes can go silent when we know we should be standing up and making a statement for the Lord. Don't, don't take my God's name in vain like that. Yeah? Persecution. I want to read verse 14 through verse number 16. We'll have prayer. I want to just give you a few thoughts this evening. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 14. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. Lord, we ask tonight that you would do what only you can do, and that's speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we think concerning this matter of persecution. Lord, we know that uh, persecution is probably coming our way. And I'm thankful for the examples of men in the Bible, and really men and women that even live today in other countries that take a stand and that are willing to go to jail and willing to die for the cause of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and uh, meet with us, we pray. Thank you for meeting with us already. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our church. As we just took a few minutes to give glory to your name. You're working, and we're thankful for that. We ask you to continue to do so. And Lord, I just ask that you would continue to revive your church. Revive us. Lord, help us to take responsibility for personal revival in our own lives. Well, thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, three thoughts for you tonight. Persecution is promised by God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, all that shall live godly in Christ Jesus, all that will live godly. Let me just, let me, I'm, I'm going to misquote it. I'm not doing that. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He says that following his own testimony. Thou, Timothy, is fully known my doctrine, my matter of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, persecutions, afflictions, and he lists Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, that he endured, and how the Lord delivered him out of them all. Paul's writing to this church of Thessalonica, and he's saying to this church, hey, you're being like the churches in Judea. You're modeling, hey, the same thing that happened to them happened to you. Turn with me back to Acts chapter 17. And let's look just for a minute at what happened. Paul shows up in Thessalonica. He preaches the gospel, Acts chapter 17, and verse number 1, verse number 2. As his manner was, he went in three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them in the scriptures. And the Bible says, verse 4, some of them believed of the devout Greeks, great multitude, of the chief woman, women, not a few, but verse number 5. The Jews which believed not moved with envy. And what did they do? They began resisting the work that God was doing. They go into Jason's house, because Jason's housing some of these people, and they cause trouble. 
They get saved and immediately this church faces persecution. If we desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, the Bible says we shall suffer persecution. We shouldn't be surprised when persecution, resistance comes our way. We shouldn't be surprised about it because God told us it was coming. As a matter of fact, Jesus spoke concerning it in John chapter number 15. In John chapter number 15 and verse number 17, Jesus said this. These things I command you that you love one another. And then he says this in verse 18. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. Don't we see that? Don't we see that? The world covers up for the sin of its own. The world loves its own. And you get somebody that is not of the world, and they'll do everything they can to smear the name of Christ, to smear the cause of Christ. But Jesus said, hey, he said, the world loves its own, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. The reality is, God told us that we would suffer persecution. You desire to live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. This church, they got saved. They said, hey, we're going to make a difference for the Lord. And we see that in chapter number one, the example of this church. But they faced resistance. They faced persecution. It's interesting, I thought about the Apostle Peter. We know that Peter said, Lord, I'm not going to deny you. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. And we know that Peter denied the Lord. And then in John 21, Jesus restores Peter. And he asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? But then Jesus pretty much tells Peter, you are going to die a martyr. What if God told you that? What if I somehow could tell you the mind of Christ and to say to you, you come visiting on Saturday. We have Outreach Sunday, this Sunday. But I want you to know that on one of these Outreach Sundays, you're going to die telling people about Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but there'd be something inside of me that would feel kind of maybe a little sick on Outreach Sundays that might pray for a blizzard in the middle of July on Outreach Sunday <laughs> because there'd be something inside of me that would be a little bit hesitant but the Apostle Peter just moves forward, and it's as if that doesn't phase him. Now, obviously, we don't know his heart and his mind, and I'm sure he had his issues like we have our issues. But Jesus says, hey, you're going to die for the cause of Christ. You think about it. Hey, the same Peter found himself in prison days after they beheaded James in Acts 12. They behead James, and, and, and uh, Herod says, well, I like this. Uh, this seems to be a good idea. Go get Peter. And they bring Peter into prison. Humanly speaking, Peter, the next day, is dead meat. But he's sound asleep. And the angel that delivers him has to shake him to wake him up. I I've said this every time I think about that. I think, wow. You know, for me, I, I think the angel would have come in, and the Bible would read, and there was Mawson pacing the floors, and the angel said, come on out with me. <laughs> you think about that. I mean, 
He's about to die for the cause of Jesus Christ. You see, persecution is told, God tells us we are going to face persecution. Paul shows up in Philippi. What do they do? He finds himself, he and Silas, in jail for preaching the gospel. And uh, we should not be surprised when persecution comes because God tells us it's going to come. By the way, when you take a stand for the Lord, when you begin to witness and you tell people about Jesus, people are going to see you in a different light. Some people are going to stereotype you. Some people are going to maybe treat you differently. We need to recognize that that's how they treated the Lord Jesus and were his children. Persecution, number one, is promised by God. Number two, persecution will be dealt with by God. I was going to talk about this last, but I, I decided to not. I decided to give you a third thought that we can focus on uh, at the end there for a few minutes. Look at verse number 16. Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sin always, sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. Um, wrath is coming. It's coming to the full extent. God, the Spirit, the Bible says, His Spirit will not always strive with man. And you know, sometimes we, we, if you were in Sunday school this morning, we talked about the man that said, how many of you are praying for the hostages in Iran? And then the next question was, how many are praying for the Iranians that are held hostage by Islam? And you know, sometimes when we face persecution, we can be vengeful on those that are persecuting us. But they are sheep without shepherd. They're lost. They're of their father, the devil. And someday, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess, and God will right the wrongs. We think concerning the Bible, what it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. John 3, 36. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but... The wrath of God abideth on him. We could take a lot of time to look at Revelation 19. I'm not going to do that this evening because I want to focus on our third point. But I do want to read from Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 28. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 and verse 28, He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye... Shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and he hath despised despite unto the Spirit of grace? For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I tell you this, we can face resistance. I was out this afternoon for lunch, and we went to a very healthy, uh, had a nice healthy lunch at Wendy's. You ever been to Wendy's? You know, Wendy's has a good five for five, or the biggie meal, or four for four, 44. It used to be four for four. By the way, in other places, like in other states, they don't realize that in Pennsylvania, we raised it 44 cents. You can still find a four for four at Wendy's out of state, all right? I told someone that out of state. I said, I'm so glad that you don't know what we're doing in Pennsylvania with these meals, because it would, you would be charging me 44 more cents. In any event, I'm thankful that God brings to mind what you need when you need it. 
I handed this gal a track across the counter, 16-year-old, not a 16-year-old, a teenager with some spunk. And she said, you know what? She said, if God loves people, why would God send people to hell? And I said, if somebody broke into your house and killed your mother, would that be okay? And she said, no. I said, what would you do? She said, I'd call the police. And I said, and you'd demand justice, right? And she said, yes. And I said, the same is true with God. God demands justice because we're... And I tried to... She had comebacks here and there. Eventually, she didn't have any more comebacks. I trust the Lord will take the truth and help her. But we do face resistance. I was a little shocked. Not... Not that I face resistance, but that I face resistance from a small, spunky gal. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. Put me on my toes and the Lord, the Lord really gave me the words to say. Because you don't know what to say sometimes. We will face resistance. But the sad thing is, when you take a step back and you see a young gal that is resisting the truth of the Word of God, your heart goes out for them. Your heart breaks for people. Because people are blind. And they're on their way to hell. And they think it's all going to be good. And you can believe that if you want, but I believe what I believe. And someday, unless that young lady and unless people that are saved get saved, the Bible says hell is going to enlarge itself. Mm. We need to recognize that someday those that persecute, those that the Jews which crucified the Lord Jesus will stand before him one day. Mm. And God will say, depart from me, I have never knew. It's really sobering when we see things from God's perspective. It gives us a better perspective concerning the behavior of people that are of their father, the devil, and what they're doing. Father, forgive them, Jesus said, for they know not what they do. Stephen said, and we'll look at Stephen in just a minute, lay not this sin to their charge. I think he had the same heart of Lord Jesus as he recognized they're stoning me but lay not this sin to their charge. And we think concerning persecution. Persecution will be dealt with by God. And I want to focus for a few minutes now on the third thought tonight. And I want us to think concerning this. Persecution can be used by God. Persecution can be used by God. I want you to turn. I have three thoughts for you under this. All right. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter number 12 while I read from Isaiah 53. You're turning to Hebrews 12. I'll be there in just a minute. I'll meet you there, Hebrews 12. And uh, we're going to look one verse there. Hebrews 53 and verse, um, Isaiah 53, excuse me, and verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned, we've turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Number one, persecution can be used by God to remind us. He was 12, verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. When we're persecuted, we're being 
identifying with Jesus. Persecution could, should remind us of what he did for us on the cross. He allowed his creation to spit upon him, to put a crown of thorns in his head, to beat him where they, he could not even be recognized. Consider him, lest we be wearied and faint in our minds. What is it often that causes us to give up? Resistance, persecution. We go out and we try to give the gospel and sometimes we face resistance and we can find ourselves saying, this isn't, going, this isn't working. It does work. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And God works whether we see it or not. Secondly, as we consider persecution and God using persecution, not only does persecution remind us, persecution grows us. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. While you're turning there, I am going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. And this is why as I read this, I think my issues that I could somehow maybe try to categorize as persecution aren't persecution when I compare my persecution to the Apostle Paul's. Thrice was of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Five times. Thirty-nine stripes. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils and water. In perils of robbers. In perils by my own countrymen. Verse 27. In weariness and painfulness. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often. And he says, if I must needs glory, I glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. In Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10, he says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Persecution God uses in our life to grow us. There's something about the fellowship of his sufferings. We know the passage in 2 Corinthians 12. We could turn there. Obviously, he had a thorn in the flesh. And he said, A messenger of Satan debuffed me. But the Apostle Paul writes in that passage. He says, I take pleasure in what? In infirmities. I take pleasure in persecutions. Why? Because when I am weak, then am I strong. Why? Because I've got the power of Christ on my life. It seems to me, as we look at Philippians 3 and verse 10, there's something about the fellowship. There's something about suffering that causes us to know God in a deeper way. To see His power, His grace in our lives in a deeper way. It's interesting, I thought concerning Romans 8, a great passage of Scripture. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. You know what's listed there? Yeah, you guessed it. Persecutions. Persecutions will not separate us from the love of God. Persecution can be used of God in a great way to remind us to grow us. 
But number three, I want you to turn to Acts chapter number eight. Acts chapter number eight. Persecution can be used of God to use us, to make us usable. In Acts chapter number eight, Acts eight, of course, follows Acts seven. That was profound. In Acts chapter seven, Stephen is stoned. And the Bible says, the, uh, the, uh, verse 55 of Acts 7, full of the Holy Ghost, he looks up into heaven, he sees the glory of God, he sees the heavens open. Verse 60, the verse I quoted earlier, he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. He wasn't saying, get him, Lord. Lord, make hell hotter for him. Send some lightning down. No, 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 no. He had the heart of Christ. Look at verse 1 of Acts 8. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. The persecution came. The church scattered. But look at verse number 4. Acts 8 verse 4. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere Preaching the word. If you turn to Acts chapter 11, you'll see how far the word of God spread. As you look at Acts 11 and verse number 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen. Traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch. Preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Do you know it was the persecution that the early church faced to get them off of dead center and doing what they were supposed to be doing? They got scattered abroad. And when they got scattered abroad, they recognized these people don't know Jesus. There's not a church here. Let's tell them about Jesus. And a church got established. And another church got established. And another church... God uses difficulty, He uses persecution in our lives often to get us to do the work of the ministry, to use us to forward the gospel of Jesus Christ. What motivates you to pray? Think in your mind, when did you pray the most? When, you see, why I find myself, I found myself praying so much when everything was peaches and cream. Mm -hmm. Everything in my life was going so great that I just spent so much time with the Lord, and that's not true. <laughs> what is it that gets us on our knees? The difficulties that God allows into our lives. It's kind of sad, but that's sometimes what we need. Sometimes, I've said this many times, my God shall supply all our need according to Jesus and glory. Sometimes our greatest need is to be in need so that we see we need Him more than anything. We need Jesus. Somebody say, what is revival? You know what revival is? It's Jesus. Living in an awareness of His presence on a day-by-day basis. -day. And I know that's simplistic. I'm kind of a simple kind of person. Do you know what this early church needed to get out and give the gospel? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. Oh, we gotta get, we got to get these church going a little bit. we got to get them to uh, Samaria, uttermost part of it. Get them out of Jerusalem. So we're going to allow this church to be persecuted. We're going to scatter them all over so that they'll begin 
giving the gospel here. Maybe the church of Jesus Christ today needs some persecution. Maybe we need some difficulty where we cry out to God. See, God, we need you to do us something. Hey, as long as things are status quo, bills are being paid, everything's moving along, hey, it's all good. We can be very compl complacent pretty easily. I, I, I tell you this, <laughs> you know, you really have to grapple with this matter of persecution and, and how willing we are to suffer, how willing we are to have people not like us or to be out to get us. They, they tell me, I got a little bit more information concerning this guy, I think his name was Trell. He was a member of a Crown Cotton, not Crown Cotton, Temple Baptist Church where John goes to a school there. He's a member of their church, missionary in Iraq. They targeted him for some time. They followed him. A big target. Because why? He's trying to see people saved. And they thought, we're going to shoot and kill him. By the way, when they um, shot and killed... Um, Who's the other guy over there in Cameroon? Charles Westkill. Charles God raised up many young people to go to the field in that 1040 window. How many were they trying? They were trying to, they were trying to, to get a hundred young people. And um, there's another missionary that worked there with him that actually was in the car with Charles. I uh, can't remember his name Sinclair. either. Uh, what's his name? Sinclair. Sinclair. Uh, he traveled around. God used him. And, and so, what I'm trying to say is this. Shooting somebody has been used of God to get a whole lot more somebodies to go to the mission field to see God do a work. Isn't it a shame what it takes to get us to do what we know we're supposed to? We're supposed to read our Bible and pray. And yet, it takes problems and trials for us to get serious about it. We know we're supposed to be a witness. And yet, it sometimes takes difficulty for us to realize, i got to be the witness that God wants me to be. How dedicated are we? How dedicated really are we? To what extent are we willing to go for God? On Sunday morning, we're going to look at Abraham. He goes to knives to kill his son Isaac. That's some dedication. I mean, that's dedication. I want us to sing tonight. Chrissy, if you don't mind, I want us to sing a song tonight. By way of invitation. While we're singing, if you feel led to come and talk to the Lord, do it. Alright? We don't normally sing our invitation hymn. But I want to sing the song, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, Lord, to Me. And as we sing, I really want you to sing this to the Lord. And I think as a church, say to God tonight, Lord, you can have us.
to whatever extent that means. We live in Plush, Exton, you know, this area, wherever it is, Chester County. We live in a... God might... Uh, he might allow persecution to come our way to get us to really make a difference. Take my life and let it be. What number? 